So today we are going to talk about how to grow your team. Welcome to the Avalanche Podcast. We're Rayanne and Lance Boudry, husband wife entrepreneurs, business and lead generation nerds, budget ninjas, travel junkies, and general fun lovers. We're teachers at heart and love to share the lessons we've learned and wisdom we've picked up in this crazy life. Most importantly, we love to have a good laugh and throw in a few cheesy jokes and dramatic reactions now. This life we're living is a wild roller coaster. We're just strapping in for the ride. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's a big Can topic. Can we say that we do not have all the answers? This is a big uh, topic. But we're what figuring I figuring it out. What this episode's really gonna focus on is like the nitty gritty, the the practical, tangible details of it. Because mm-hmm. how how to hire, how to find the right people, how to manage a culture, that is that is a huge topic in and of itself. But today I just wow. kinda wanna go through like the like literal legal HR related tax related boring stuff exactly, uh, but this is important stuff to know because sure. you might be thinking like oh I need some help I want to hire an employee this is kind of, this is kind of Lance's process the first time around I just put it, write a job description throw it up on Indeed and then we just like offer someone a salary easy enough easy peasy lemon squeezy. Sounds easy. There's a lot of details. Yeah. So I overlook the details. Think sometimes. Think again. There is a lot to know about HR to do it well. And I understand now why people get like entire master's degrees of just about HR. Um, but yeah, there there's a lot of legal implications. But then of course there's also the like you want to provide a good experience to your employees and you also want to not get sued. And things like that. So there are just a lot of facets to growing your team. But we wanted today talk about like the, yeah, the boring stuff. But important stuff to just keep in mind before you offer someone a job. I'm bored already. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to try to make it not so boring. But okay. let's just get into it. So first question is, do you need employees or contractors? Do you need to actually hire a W-2 employee or do you just need to to pay a contractor. Mm. I have opinions about this now that I have tried both. Tried both. Yeah. Done or both. Currently do both. Yeah. Currently do both. And I think that there is a time and place for for both for you. Absolutely. Now let's just kind of do pros and cons and, sure. and things to think about. So pros of employees, obviously it's more of a commitment. You know, you're you're mm-hmm. getting that person to commit to you like, yes, I'm gonna work for you. Mm-hmm. X mm-hmm. number of hours per week for, you know, indefinitely. Like, mm-hmm. I'm committed to working for your company. Um, and because of that, you can justify investing in their training and spending time teaching them mm-hmm. how to do things and even maybe sending them to, you know, some sort of external professional development. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just get, you have more time and workload flexibility, especially with a salary employee. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, we can give you more work <laughs> when we have it um, without having to like run the numbers of like, oh, can we justify paying more hourly rate, yada, yada, yada. Um, and just like the predictability of knowing that that person is available for that many hours consistently. Haven't started investing yet? It can be intimidating, but it's a lot easier and more affordable than you think. 
Acorns is a really cool, easy-to-use platform, and you can start for as low as $1 per month. It's a set-it-and-forget-it way to grow your money without worrying or really paying any attention at all. You can set up a recurring monthly transfer, or what I really love is the roundups function where every time you buy something with your linked cards and accounts, Acorns rounds up to the next whole dollar and invests the change. With Acorns, you have absolutely no excuse not to invest, and you may be surprised how quickly your spare change can grow over time. Use the referral link in the show notes to get a $5 bonus. Cons of employees, well, it's it's expensive in regards to all of the additional costs that you have to think about. Are you going to pay for their health insurance? Are you going to do a retirement fund match? Um, you Office have to, you have to pay, em, you know, employer taxes. Yeah. You, you got to provide Computers. space in your office, equipment, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then of course, they're also subject to unemployment stuff. So once you hire a W2 employee, then you get into all the, yeah, unemployment, mm-hmm. the claim unemployment insurance agency stuff. Um, and, and other legal stuff. There's a lot, there are a lot of legal things around employees. I will say the one nice thing is that many HR laws don't apply until you hit a certain number of employees. So you get a little bit of leeway in those oh, first nice. few of like, you're not legally required to offer health insurance and paid leave and things like oh, that. You can you treat should. them like crap. Yeah. yeah. You should do all of those things. But if I, you want the way. Good employees. Right, if you want good employees and, and if you want retention. But I will but I just think of it in the sense of like, okay, I have a little leeway to figure things out without being subject to as many legal requirements right off the bat. Mm-hmm. A lot of HR laws don't even apply until you have fifty employees or more, which we're a long way off from that. Um, but I think some do apply when it's like somewhere between five and ten. So that's kind of the employee pros and cons. Now let's talk about contractors. So a contractor is someone that you just pay an hourly rate or some sort of set rate. You don't have to pay any taxes or anything. That's their responsibility. Um, and yeah, there's no no long-term commitment on either side, really. So I guess that's one of the pros. Mm-hmm. They're more flexible. It's more simple to pay them. But... Well, I should save that for the cons, but you know, if you have, if you have a fluctuating workload, it's nice to have contractors that can like, oh, we have way too much work this month. Can you help us out? Or like, oh, we don't have as much work this month. We don't need you or not for as many hours. Um, the cons of contractors. So yes, it's more simple to pay them and you don't have to pay them as many additional things, but they are oftentimes more expensive per hour because the expectation is that it's on them to pay their taxes, provide their own equipment, blah, 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 all those other things that you would provide an employee. So you are often paying a higher hourly rate. Yeah. And it doesn't always work exactly like this. It's not black and white, but a good contractor should be able to just take vague direction and get it done. You shouldn't have to train them Unless you want them to follow a very rigid process or outcome, well, you yeah, should. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, though. Okay. You actually can't. But anyways. But yeah, the idea right. is that when you hire a contractor, it's like, here's some money. You are the expert. You do what you do for for our company or for our clients or whatever. Um, so 
The down, I mean, that, that isn't always true, but that's, that's the expectation. So one downside with contractors is that while the flexibility can be a benefit, well, they're not committed for the long term. So sometimes that's a disadvantage because you might be kind of relying on them and then they come and say, oh, I took another job or, oh, I took another big contract thing. I can't give you as much time. And that can happen at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, got to figure some stuff out. Um, I will say hourly pay also gets really complicated. And you can pay contractors in it project-based or whatever, but hourly pay gets complicated because the hope is that as someone gets better at what they're doing for you, it will take them less time to do that. But in a contractor's mind, that means that they would take a pay cut for being more efficient. Mm. So you kind of have to play that weird game of like, I mean, you assume that when you tell a a contractor that they can work X number of hours on a project, they're going to work every hour because they want to get the max amount you're going to pay them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't have a motivation to be more efficient because they're getting paid by the hour. So that gets complicated. Um, And I mean, like we were saying, you kind of have to play that. Are we going to invest in training them in our processes and getting them, you know, connect, like building relationships with our clients and all of that. And knowing that they might just leave at any moment because neither party has made a long-term commitment. So this is where I want to kind of clarify what I was jumping in on before is that there are actually legal differences around who qualifies as a contract and who qualifies as a W-2 employee. I think a lot of people either don't know this or don't care or something (laughs) because I think some people just genuinely think like, oh, I'm just always going to pay people as contractors because that's easier HR wise for me. But the reality is, is if a person is treated like an employee in the sense that they have a set schedule, you are requiring them to follow a specific process, you are telling them when and what work to do, you are requiring them to be in the office, you um, are expecting them to work for you indefinitely, they may actually be an employee and it could come back to you where you have to go back and retroactively pay all of your employer taxes for that person anyways. So be really careful about who you are hiring as a contractor versus an employee because I don't know exactly what that would take um, for the IRS to like come after you and be like, you owe us all these employer taxes, but you would rather avoid that. <laughs> so... Just keep that in mind that contractors and employees, are they are different. Mm-hmm. It's not just a personal choice by the employer. So that's that. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. Um, so here's just kind of a list of like stuff you need to do or know before you hire or while you're in the process of hiring. Um, it's helpful to think about all this stuff ahead of time. Because when we were hiring our first employee, I was kind of doing it all at once really fast. And because of that, we missed a lot of things. Um, But if you ever see yourself growing a team, you should think about these things now. First and most important, write an employee handbook. Seriously, a a whole handbook. And I did do that with the help of a consultant, an HR consultant, when we hired our first employee. But I've added to it a ton since then. Uh, It is just really important to have policies and expectations laid out really, really clearly in a document that 
the employee signs. Everything should be signed. Hmm. Offer letter should be signed. Handbook should be signed. And, you know, go over it with them. Have them ask any questions. And if you have to get to the point where you have to fire someone, unfortunately, you should have them sign a termination letter that expresses why they got fired. That will come in handy if they try to file an unemployment claim against you, even though they got fired for good reason. So these basically... Everything should be in writing and signed when it comes to hiring people. So that's probably first step. And the act of writing an employee handbook forces you to really think about that stuff. Like, what kind of culture do we want to have around here? What kind of policies do we want to set? Um, And yeah, that kind of comes to my next point of establish your work culture and rules around schedules, communication, requests, etc. before you bring someone in. It's going to be a lot easier if you can bring someone in and say, these are the expectations we have. This is the culture we want to establish versus kind of getting someone in and then having to keep like adding things to try to fix what you don't like about their work style or how they're handling things. True. That comes though over time. Yeah. It, it will. Oh, it's always going to be a work in progress. But I think going in with some sort of expectation of what you want from that person and communicating it with them is going to make things a lot easier. Now, here's a just a really like you got to do it kind of thing. You have to register with UIA, which is the Unemployment Insurance Agency. Um, this is state by state. And you only have to do this for W-2 employees. But this is where you when you are going to hire employees, you have to start thinking about this kind of thing. You should also understand how it works. <laughs> so... We use a payroll processing software that's super, super helpful and necessary. I'll talk about that in a second. But so our payroll processing software automatically deducts our unemployment insurance and submits it. But you still have to be familiar with it and have access to it because if you were to fire someone or lay them off, if you lay someone off, they can file for unemployment. If you fire someone for a good reason, they should not be able to file for unemployment, but they probably will still try. But that's where you have to kind of understand what you're working with, have documentation, know how to, if someone does file and they shouldn't be getting unemployment, then you should appeal it. You should protest it because what happens is that all that money that's been taken out of your payroll kind of goes into an account, basically, in your unemployment insurance agency account. And then when somebody files for unemployment, they receive like the money that they receive comes from that account that you've been paying into. And if you start to get a lot of people deducting from that account, well, the unemployment insurance agency is going to be like, okay, well, we got to charge you a higher rate because what you have in there is not enough to cover. So it will increase your rate that gets deduct, deducted from every person's first like 9000 or $9,500 um, in salary, depending on some things that I don't understand, but, but it is just important to understand that that is something that you have to think about, register for, make sure you're paying and just being aware of. Now to go to the payroll processing, we use a software called Gusto, which I really like. Um, this, unless you are going to outsource your HR, you absolutely need to use some sort of software because I don't know how any just individual person can possibly figure out all of the, Mm. Taxes, the employer taxes, employee taxes, unemployment insurance, like we said, I mean, Social Security, Medicare, all this stuff. Um, And like deductions, if they want to contribute to their HSA pre-tax, if they want to um, contribute to retirement, all of that. And even just like tracking time off, 
um, you know, paid holidays, everything. Their payroll in payroll is actually very, very complicated, but these software programs can make it really simple. So um, Gusto actually also has a, a function for us to pay our contractors and then they keep track of the 1099s as well because with contractors, you do have to provide them 1099s at the end of the year. So it's kind of nice when all of that can be housed in one place. Hmm. Now, now we're going to kind of get into optional but important stuff, I would say. So like I said, when you're a really small business and you're just starting out, there are a lot of laws that don't apply to you yet. But if you want good talent, you have to be thinking about these things, such as benefits like health insurance, retirement funds, paid time off. Um, a, a good employee is going to look for this stuff. And... And I think it also just helps you retain your employees when you are offering them so much more than just your salary um, or their salary. So we do offer health insurance to our team. We do a retirement fund match. We offer paid time off, paid holidays, all of that. And that's most of this we we started offering right away. And it's it's a pain in the butt to get, to get set up and figured yeah. out and managed, but it's just one of those things that I just don't think that we would have as high level employees if we didn't offer it. So it's worth it. Um, another thing to consider is researching salaries so that you can ensure that you're paying people fairly and uh, in relation to where you are and what type of job they have. Um, you know, it's important for us to make sure that we are not contributing to the wonder, the gender wage gap, but closing it. So that's something that we pay a lot of attention to every time we, we hire a position. I use a lot of different sources for salary research. I wish there was kind of like one gold standard, but, um, also what we do is pretty niche. So it's not super easy. It's not like elementary school teacher, you know, it's not something that's like super cut and dry. You can easily see salary information, but yeah, you want to look at like, okay, people in my city working this type of job with this level of education and this level of experience, what salary are they making? And then, you know, collect that information from a few different sources. I've used Payscale, salary.com, Glassdoor, ZipRecruiter. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I kind of just like, and, and look at what am I paying the other people on my team that have similar jobs or similar level jobs, just to make sure that you're being fair and reasonable and competitive. You know, you want to make sure that you're offering them um, a good package that's going to keep them at your company. When starting and growing a business, it is so important to keep your business finances separate from your personal finances and to get the best bang for your buck. As a self-proclaimed points hobbyist, the best advice I can give you for making your money work for you is to get a great rewards credit card. Bonus if your personal and business cards allow you to combine points. We have a Chase card for our personal use and a Chase Inc. business preferred card for the business. We rack up tons of rewards points that we can combine through Chase Ultimate Rewards for exponential value. Don't leave money on the table. If you want some great sign-up bonuses, use the referral link in the show notes and apply now. Performance reviews. This kind of goes more into like management stuff, but you want to consider, okay, once you bring someone on, hire them, how are you going to check in with them? Make sure that they are um, 
that they're doing a good job and that they know their expectations and that you're having conversations if they're falling short in some areas or letting them know that they're exceeding in other areas. So we just kind of did a big overhaul on our whole performance review and incentive program for our team, um, which I won't get into because there's a lot of details there. But And it took me a long time to come up with it and <laughs> to figure out something that was clear and fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are just piloting it now, so the verdict's still out if it will work. But but it's something that you got to think about. You can't just hire someone and never give them any feedback. <laughs> yeah. In every facet of business you got to build something measure learn yeah improve exactly yeah so something our business coaches encouraged us to do is just think about everything as a pilot program which i think is really helpful when you think Mm -hmm. of it as like okay we're gonna try this out see how it It is if it's brand new yeah it always is yeah um and i would say even if you are working primarily with contractors consider something like this like doing quarterly check-ins or whatever it's still it's still important um, and then, yeah, bonuses and raises, you know, our the the incentive program that we kind of just rolled out, it ties all of that stuff together. Like uh, we want bonuses and raises to be tied to individual and company performance, because if you're just kind of giving everyone the same amount, uh, no one is going to feel incentivized to do a better job. <laughs> um, but also, if you don't make those expectations clear, then it can get complicated. So um, these are just some of the logistical details that need to happen when you find the right person. But finding the right person is a whole different topic. Yeah, let's not even go into that. <laughs> no, we've, uh, we've touched on that in other episodes. And there are fewer legal risks with that. But of course, you need to just do your due diligence and make sure that you're hiring the right person. But then once you find the right person... Then, yeah, then you kind of get into this whole crazy loop of like, wow, if you do, if you miss one step or do one thing slightly wrong, it could really come back to bite you. Hmm. And you don't want that. Which is probably leading us to the rant about being all willy nilly (laughs) about hiring people. I back in the day when it was just me, um, I first started working with freelancers um, when I got busy. And, you know, yeah, there would be those times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm creating so much work for myself. I think I need to hire this freelancer or find someone that wants to be hired. And I just went about it the whole wrong way. That's why this whole episode bores me. Thank God I have Rayanne to take care of this stuff. It's not my department. It's not my cup of tea. But if you are an entrepreneur and you are trying to go from one to two, which is really one of the most difficult steps yeah then you need to you have to do these things you have to and and if it makes you feel like it makes lance feel then outsource it if you don't have an integrator outsource it because you you can't you you just can't ignore it and that that's kind of my rant is like the people who just kind of ignore it like oh whatever and i've and i've been on the employee side of that too of Of the whatever of the whatever both of hiring but also managing like you know being offered like a really i mean my first, like, I would say big girl job after college, I was given a $30,000 a year salary, no benefits whatsoever. I had to commute 50 minutes each way to get to the office. And I was working in a role that required a lot of travel. So I was literally working like 24 seven around the clock. And for, a piece of crap boss. And a, a terrible a boss, turd of a boss who never, ever like developed me, spent any time like giving me feedback, trying to figure out what kind of professional development would benefit me. I mean, it was 
it was a horrendous experience. And guess what? I stayed there for four months and then I quit. And I'm just saying I was a really good employee and, you know, that company missed out. And, and I just think, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to secure and keep really good talent when you don't have some sort of structure or investment into the people Hmm. that you're bringing on your team that you have on your team. Uh, to wrap this up, listen to Rayanne. She's smart. <laughs> well, I have been putting a lot of work into getting an yeah, MBA. So. Yeah, she, and she's got all kinds of documentation and processes and handbooks and the boring stuff. That is important. I love it's the boring stuff. Great. But also, I say all of this out of experience. You know, that's that's what this whole podcast is for, is for sharing our experience and what yes. we've learned. And if I would have recorded this episode two years ago, I would have been like, well... You, you kind of like write a job description and then you put it online. The reality is three <laughs> months ago, six months ago, it would yeah, have been exactly. so, different too. So I, I just want to, we just want to help prevent <laughs> having to learn lessons the hard way like yes. we did. And just kind of give you these like flashing red warning lights of like, if you're not thinking about these things, you might need to slow down, mm-hmm. take a step back, make sure that you are... You are being legit and careful. And the reality is, is you can't scale your company without growing your team. So this stuff is important. You got to get it figured out. Yep. And uh, then you can launch into the future. Build momentum. Exactly. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you got some value from it. And if you did, we would love it if you'd subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast so we can reach more people like you. We hope you join us next time and follow us at avalanche.creative on Instagram to send us your questions so we can answer them on the podcast. Talk to you soon.